Hello and welcome to the Stelvio Auto Show. I'm Sean Smith and I'm joined by Alistair Walker. Greetings, humanoids. And Jack Wilkins. Hello, everybody. So, uh, Jack, this is, uh, I think, your second time on the Stelvio Automotive. Uh, but this time not because you've won a championship, so... Which is disappointing in a way, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's disappointing, but equally, it's also a good thing, because this is, like, excitement. Uh, today's, <laughs> today's episode, we're going to be discussing uh, iRacing's 24 Hours of Daytona, taking place uh, next weekend. Uh, Al and Jack both are taking part. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be discussing last year's event, discussing this year, and uh, where would you like to start, gentlemen? Should we start with last year and work our way through? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> I think I've blocked a lot of it out of my mind, I'm not going to lie. Because last year was the year of the server issues. It was. Oh, I forgot about that. So yes, because we 20, spent... 24 hours of Daytona turned into 5 hours. 28 hours of Daytona. <laughs> yeah. Waiting for the servers to come up with no real idea of how long it was going to be, so you couldn't go anywhere or leave. Yeah. Or Thankfully, anything. they seem to have fixed the server issues since then because the spa 24 hours had no issues whatsoever to my memory i think everything since then has run perfectly fine hasn't it they re reconfigured the way it yeah. allocates the splits well because i think they said it was their highest attended ever event last year's daytona 24 and i think it just it, they it didn't... finally found where the limit of their old system was yeah it, the way it was the way it spins up the servers what it does it basically goes down the list in goes through all the drivers done it in i rating order and goes right split one split two split three split four and then obviously if it's multi-class it then has to go for the highest of each class and do that and then divide them up equally amongst the splits and i think they said that at one point the system just couldn't spin up enough splits fast enough like it would have got there but not that day <laughs> yeah I'm, i think it had some kind of like timeout script in it because normally for people that don't do iRacing, there's normally like races every hour or so, and it normally takes... So if you've got 100 people registered for an event, it normally takes less than a minute for people to be assigned to their race servers. Oh, yeah, you but literally I... click race, and it goes sort of loading, 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 loading. You've <clears> been assigned <throat> a race server, join, doesn't it? It's like, it's quick. It's not a... Yeah, Considering how I... many people can be online at once, it's quite impressive it can do it across multiple different races and categories and time start times and stuff but when you get how many was how many thousand was it raised registered last year i think it was I it went 20 thousand like... more than the year before yeah wow. something 20, stupid 20, 20, yeah, 20, yeah, 20, I, have, I have to remember that we were in a lockdown still weren't we last year i mean 20 20,000 or... full stop would have been a big number but uh yeah 20,000 more than the previous year that's uh Definitely. Which was its yeah, which the previous year was their biggest ever one before that. Wow. So. <laughs> I mean, I can definitely see why because, like, relating to last year, it, it was a fun event last year. It was my first time doing the Daytona Twenty Four, and I think was it your first as well, Jack? It was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd we... missed it the year before. Um, really good, actually. I, that's why. I, well, that's why we're coming back in it. Hmm. <laughs> so last yeah, year and... you were both in uh, the GT class. Um, what? Yeah, so he's gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Al, you were on in the uh, the old court. No, were you Corvette? Yeah. Yeah. So we were in the Corvette, and Jack's team was using a Porsche. Um, Indeed. I, I I remember mixed fortunes occurring for for, for both uh, respective teams in in the race last year. 
like any endurance race, it has its ups and its downs, doesn't it? Hundred percent. Um, Al, I mean, you, you, yours was. I mean, it was overall. Yours was probably more straightforward than Jack's team was. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, because I think we had. I had a small internet crash which cost us a lap while I rejoined, mm-hmm. and. I think we did get hit by a prototype in about the 18th hour of the race. Yeah, into the bus. But, yeah, but it didn't put us out of the race. Unlike Spa later in the year where we just got hit by every Porsche in Christendom. <laughs> That's quite a few Porsches. Uh, Jack, what was the story last year with your team? Oh, do you know what? I don't, I'm pretty sure that Daytona was the one where we had um, multiple disconnects. And hardware failure for Mike, I do I was believe. Say, didn't yes. you have a driver whose steering wheel broke during the race? Yeah, Mike's um, quick release completely failed on him. Or something like that. Yeah, these are the joys of endurance racing. We don't have the same kind of technical failures that they do in the real world, but we manage to suffice with the ones we have available. Well, that doesn't make them any less spectacular. Or any less frustrating. No, <laughs> but it's part of it, isn't it? Like, especially if with an event like that, where you've done whew, countless hours of practice, hundreds if not thousands of laps around the track, just burning it into your muscle memory, hmm. and then something as simple as a pedal cable decides it's going to disconnect for five seconds, or your internet provider decides that that's the day they want to do maintenance. And you're just, it's devastating. Yeah. Like, but at the same time, it's exactly what you'd get in the real world. Because like, if you turned up to the 24 hour Daytona and your gearbox broke in the seventh hour or something, it's just the way it is, isn't it? There's <laughs> nothing well, you can do about it. It, just, it happens. So, I, mean, I mean, worst case scenario with real life, you, uh, of course, might not even make the race. So in some ways, we're lucky. Which, <laughs> which can happen, yeah. Um, let's move on to this year. So... Uh, you're both moving into the LMP category, so you thought, you know, G- GT was far too easy and straightforward. Let's uh, let's take on the big guns. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know about <laughs> Jack. Have you ever actually raced the LMP2 competitively before? Nope. Okay, I have once last year. That's it. <laughs> I've jumped so. into a couple of practice sessions in like the fixed category, and thought this is okay, but. I've, I'm a bit like you, Al. I constant, I don't concentrate on one particular class of car in iRacing. racing. I tend to like race whatever I fancy that week or that minute. Or like, I mean, to be <laughs> fair, I've kind of jumped it down about a bit. two or three. Yeah, whereas I jump between like five or six, and then like five or six sims as well. So it was sort of like I basically raced the LMP because that's what the team wanted to race. <laughs> I think I probably would have been a bit more comfortable in GT3 with the uh, use of the ABS and bits and pieces like that. But since I've had a bit of practice in it, it's actually perfectly fine around Daytona. Yeah, it is a fun car to drive, to be honest. But yeah, part of me would have probably chosen GT, but by that point, everyone wanted to do prototypes. So. Yeah, and um, we've got a few... Um... Well, your team's a little bit more experienced than mine, isn't it? I've sort of... I think on my team... There's only me and Josh that have actually done an endurance race. Nick's done one on ACC with me like two weeks ago. But no one else has done an endurance race in iRacing. And I think they were just a bit excited to be the fastest class. So 
we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, we've got <laughs> sure a little bit more experience over on my side because we've got two drivers who have done Daytona 24 before. Three of us did Spa last year, so we've only got one driver who's not done a 24-hour race before. Who have you got? You've got you, George, Callum, and... Taylor. Taylor. Uh, George did Daytona last year with me and Mike. Oh, did he? So, yeah, yeah. we've got three drivers that have done two 24-hour races then. Yeah, that was our team last year, me, George, and Mike. Yeah, so we've actually got a reasonably experienced team there. I'll say, Jack, yeah. with, uh, with that kind of roster get, uh, to aim for, if you, if you lot beat them, that's a, that's a good old bragging right, isn't it? For it is indeed. <laughs> I well, do believe... We don't actually know if we're going to be in the same race. We uh, Realistically, I don't think we will, because I think you can still compare out of us... I mean, we can compare some results, but the different rate... You just, it's difficult with that, because everyone's like, oh, well, I came third in mine. And it's like, yeah, but if my team were in that split, we might have won it. Or vice versa. Like, you don't know because you have to run the race you're in. True. You can't really compare across. You can compare lap times and finishing time, but again, different weather sessions and stuff. It's all. Oh, is it different weather as well? I, be yeah, so... I believe it is. Each session has it. Obviously, the weather's pretty static because it's eye racing, but uh -huh. temperatures and wind direction and stuff were, is generated on the day, I think. Oh, right. I didn't know so. that. Yeah, it's. The only event it's not done dynamically for is the Indianapolis 500. Gotcha. Okay, that's slightly... You know, that ruins that one then. Uh, yeah, so we're <laughs> not necessarily going to be on the same track on the same day, if that makes sense. Okay. Just, and yeah. I don't think we'll be in this... I don't, well, I'm pretty sure we won't be in the same split, because I think my team's average I rating is about three, four hundred less than ours. Because of what you're... Nearly 2k. Yeah, so George I'm George and Callum are around 1600. Yeah, and Taylor's 15, but I think that probably averages us out to about 16 or 1700. Whereas, like, I'm 1700. I think Josh is about 1400. And then, I don't know what Max, I think Nick's got getting his up slowly. He's at about 1000 now because he, uh, he's just done the uh, out of rookie I rating dive that you all do because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about well I, I did it when I first started I sort of did alright in rookies qualified from that jumped into the D class races and proceeded to die a few times and lose big chunk of I rating and safety rating until I worked out what the hell was going on yeah I don't I know I had a dip I don't think I'd call it a dive though on my end but definitely a dip <clears throat> do you guys think uh you're gonna. I mean, obviously, it's gonna be a very different race racing the LMP2 to the the GT3s. Uh, just in the in the way that you have to work the traffic, the way that you have to race the cars around you, because obviously different handling characteristics. What are you two expecting from uh, next week? Death. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've already. Like last year, I think actually it wasn't for Jack because we. You had a GT only race, didn't you? We did, yeah, which made it a little bit easier because you yeah, we traffic too much yeah we had multi-class last year and it was as a gt driver it could be stunning and alarming sometimes the places that the lmps would appear the speed they close you down it's interesting then seeing it the next year from the other side because you can like be halfway back down the straight say coming up to the bus stop behind a gt3 and by the time you exit the bus stop you're basically reading their digital dash display through their <laughs> rear window 
in practice I have had to do some emergency braking manoeuvres in the middle of the bus stop thinking I was well clear to be able to just go through it at my normal speed and get them around the banking only to find them on the apex of the exit and <laughs> just be like oh okay yeah um, I've also I've had a couple of instances where a GT driver tries to move out of the way thinking they're helping and nearly puts you into a wall that one's going to be interesting to deal with I've um I'm do you know what? I think I've been drumming it into the guys that we're not in it to win it, we're in it to finish. And then when it comes to hour 22, we'll see where we stand and see what we've got to do if we can make a difference to our finishing position. Because for the first three hours, you get quite a high mortality rate and then the everyone <laughs> settles in. And then you just get the odd drop out here and there. And then as the night rolls through, that's when the tiredness kicks in. And that's when it really starts to show. Like, yeah, I think that's the time that the LMP is going to be the big challenge. One, us being able to keep control of it, and two, as I said, the the GT drivers' decision making changing as they get tired. But I've been I've been saying that I'm quite happy to lose five seconds in a lap if it means I can just pass a guy on a banking or on a straight. Hmm. I'm not going to risk any lunges into corners that I don't have to risk. Like it's just going to be a pure, it's almost going to be like a Sunday drive like to start the race off just get it round get it get settled in see where we stand on pace because you don't know who you're going to be up against and what pace they're running until you get into it you can do practice sessions you can look at sort of lap times of cons similar i-rated people but because it's then split into teams you might have a team that's got i've come across it before i don't know about you al but i've come across it where you've got a team that's got like an 800 i rating and a 3k i rating so their average kind of meets where you are and the 3k guy is rapid and the 800 guy is really slow and you end up with that well we'll pull away while the 800 guy's out and then the 3k guy will catch and pass us and it's that way backwards and forwards well that's very similar to match. sort of real life uh, sort of like lmp2 like and pro yeah sort of stuff yeah yeah, yeah right. i mean we had exactly that last year with my team because we had um monty who's appeared on Stelvio shows before who is a very good very quick driver and then we had me and Taylor sharing the car with him who are not quite as quick but very similar on pace so it was like we had two ams and a pro in our team yeah and it's just there's all those little variables really is why I kind of love it like I love the endurance racing it's probably my most favorite things to do and Daytona's just iconic one to do as well, isn't it? Like I'd say Daytona's also it's a nice one to try as a first twenty four hour. Because like we did I did Daytona and Spa last year and even though we were doing it with an extra driver at Spa compared to Daytona, I was physically dead after Spa. It just I've, it killed yeah. me. I didn't do Spa. I can't remember why I didn't do it, but I just couldn't do it for some reason. I remember you guys asking when it would come up. But um, it's just one of those, like, Daytona, you have to think that, like, half the lap, you're just full throttle going around the banking. So you're kind of, like, sitting there going, this is all right. And then you do the twisty bit again, and then you're half a lap of sitting there full throttle around the banking sort of thing. It's, and yeah. it's a wide track. There's room to... There's room to race people. There's room to do stuff. Like it is an all right one to learn on. It's not too mentally taxing, I don't think. I mean, twenty fours always are, but as a twenty four, it's one of it's one of the smallest <laughs> mountains to climb. <laughs> yeah, I think definitely. Despite the, the the length, 
I think like because like when we did Bathurst last year, I think Daytona was easier than Bathurst despite being double the length. Like, just because Bathurst is mentally exhausting. Bathurst is also a much harder <laughs> track, I think. That's what I mean. You're just because you're every lap you have to be on it. Hmm. And you can't, don't touch a wall, don't run even an inch wider than what you are at the moment. Don't do this, don't do that. Yeah, Avoid that car I... backwards. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's just... the reason I've not had plans to enter the Nürburgring 24 hours <laughs> yet. I would love to do it, but I only know the first four corners and then I've, I can normally crash and I don't bother doing any further than that. Nah, the Nürburgring is easier because if a car does crash, you've got I don't know, about, about 13 minutes until you actually come across it, so it's, it's fine. Um, Not if they crash right in front of you. No, that's, but, the, but the ratio of it happening is lessened than the, the Mount Panorama. But uh, no, I get your point. It's, uh, it's going to be very interesting. I mean, it's... I mean, obviously, obviously, you should probably go, in, as you say, go into this race wanting to finish and hopefully finish well. Um, just have a smooth, smooth race and see what comes out of it. But uh, what, what, what would what would happen if you are looking towards the podium finishes? Just what if? And then the the adrenaline kicks in, and I think you get that little boost. Like, although you are terrified, like when we did Bathurst, and I, I think. It was Mike and George doing a couple of stints, and I sort of went off. And I come back, and they're like, "Here you go, Jack. Here's the car. You're P1." And you're like, "What?" <laughs> like, obviously, I I, I kind of knew what was going on because I kept this, I kept it on in the background, and sort of was doing dinner and stuff for the kids and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, "What's going on?" And I knew we were we were running about P3 when I handed the car over, I think. And then I I heard like P2 had binned it. And we were still about a lap down on P1, I think, because they were just rapid. One of them, one of them teams that had just mm -hmm. either done more practice, got a bit like done better than you had, and just better drivers as well. And then they binned it. Well, no, they disconnected. And before we knew it, we were like a lap clear. But then you've still got like three hours to run, and you're like, I don't want to. Yes. I don't want to get in the car because <laughs> this is still this is still Bathurst. Like, you may be leading by a lap, but it takes. 0.01 of a second to be dead in a wall <laughs> and that, that was horrible but I think if we're I think realistically if you all of a sudden become in, in with a chance of a podium or a better finish it's then you've then, that's when the tactical side of things come out so then you start looking at go right if we triple stint if that driver triple stints this slot on them tyres will he make it will he lose time or will we gain that 20 seconds that it takes to change the tyres the LMPs, I believe, don't refuel and change tyres at the same time. So, if you're the more stints you can get out, because you get about 40 minutes, I think, on a fuel stint, but you might be able to do two to three stints on the tyres. So you're saving 20 seconds mm. in the pit stops every time you don't put the tire, don't change the tyres, and that's where you can start making your gains. Well, yeah, I mean, literally a few hours in, that could be a minute's gain in, in if you are changing yeah. the tyres. It, it works. I think Callum runs some simulation on it, and he reckons it works out anywhere between a lap and two laps over the course of the race. And that can be a big difference. But at least from our experience, going into a third stint, the tyres are not up to an awful lot by that point in no. our experience. But in the night time, when the temperatures really drop, there's a good chance. Of, and it will vary car to car. So like when we did, we, me, George, Callum and Nick were on the other day and we all did it one stint full without someone hitting us or us crashing or whatever. 
and you look at the tire wear, like George, I think his lowest bit of tire wear was like he had about 72% of the tire left or something. Whereas I had 84% was my lowest. Gonna say, so, what was George doing to those tires? <laughs> and that's the difference. Like, so for me, and this is in about 30 degrees, I think, the track temperature. So it's not massively hot, not really cool. But for me, I could triple stint those tires. If the if the, the wear rate was staying the same, which I think as the tires degrade, the wear rate quickens. So you have to watch, you have to be a bit careful with it. But um, I could triple stint that. And I know that for three lots of 40 minutes, I'm capable of doing that as a concentration levels. But am I able to do that 18 hours into a race or 20 hours into a race? Or <laughs> like, possibly not when I've been up for 24 hours. So yeah, it's one of the ones I keep uh, discussed with my team is you kind of have to set the car up for 4 a.m. You, yeah, mm. 4 a.m. You is going to be sleep deprived, is going to be hungry, is going to have a sore backside. 4 a.m. You is turning the traction control up, like yeah, because it's just it's just that safety blanket, isn't it? But it's just like I just want it to be able to go. I don't want to have to think about it. Whereas first couple of hours of the race year is fine and i think like this year as well we've, we've got an extra driver possibly an extra two drivers one another guy wants to do it and realistically with our team because it's a it's a bit of a first time slash some experienced guys if people want to join we're sort of gone well join our team because yeah i don't mind not having to drive a little bit less it doesn't make much difference to me but i want the guys that haven't done it to enjoy it I don't want it to be a chore because three drivers last year was it became a bit of a chore. Yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> you were like eight hours. There each. was no time for gap. Yeah, yeah. and you're, you're only really getting like because we were GTE, we were swapping drivers pretty much every stint by the end of it because it was like, or we were doubling some of them and then we were singling others and it was just like because you still got family life or I, especially for me I've got the kids and stuff. You've still got family life. You need to work around those events. I can't just go sit in my garage for 24 hours <laughs> with the door locked. As like, much as you might want to. <laughs> as much as I might want to, I can't do that. Like, I've got to be able to have a couple of hours to do the kids to bed and a couple of hours to be able to cook them lunch or whatever. Like, I need that. And I, I, I need sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not as young as the others. <laughs> no, I've got a little bit older team this year, so they'll probably be in the same boat as me. But... <laughs> God, imagine, so a, a, imagine a grumpy, sleep-deprived Nick. That's not going to be fun at all. It's not fun. <laughs> no, it's not. I, I've been in... I've, I, obviously, me and Nick live about five minutes away from each other. So, like, we're, we're friends in real life as well as on, like, racing. And mm. Nick can be a grumpy bugger. <laughs> <laughs> but he'll admit that. He yeah. wouldn't mind me saying that. So, it's all right. <laughs> so, Nick, if you're listening, you know, uh, Jack just said that and you can... Shout him out. You can give him 100 kilos of ballast in CSR the week on Tuesday. Um, I'm still sure he has. Yeah, well, you hide it one way or another. Um, Al, same question, really. Well, how are you going to, if, if you are in, in reach of a really good result, does it become more of a, uh, a balance act for you, or does it become a balance act of sort of keeping the excitement of your whole team together, really, from sort of going overboard? Yeah, I think the latter more than anything. I think it becomes keeping consistent, which is always the big thing in endurance races, and not doing anything stupid to jeopardise that. Because, mm -hmm. like Jackson, these races are long races, and it doesn't take a lot for it all to like go up in smoke. So 
yeah, you really need to keep your focus and not get overexcited. I mean, racing, don't get me wrong, racing is exciting, racing is fun, but when you're in an intense race, you really need to keep your focus and keep your cool, and I think that would be the difficult bit if we were like looking at a good finish. That's fairly said. I mean, obviously, the closest I've had it personally is when we did uh, Daytona in a similar um, vein, uh, but it was only an hour-long race with uh, uh, CSR last year. Obviously, I was in the mighty Delta Wing, and all I cared about was breaking Catherine Legg's lap record. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a very different mindset to someone who's having to uh, go on for 24 hours of consistently keeping the car alive. But um, it's um, but it's things like that that keep you going. It's that sitting there going right when you get in the car and you've got fresh tyres, you go, right, my best lap was out, temperature's a little bit cooler. Mm -hmm. Can I aim to keep within three-tenths of that or a second of that? Because traffic, you're going to hit traffic, you're going to have to manage that and you're going to lose some laps two seconds, some lap half a second and then other laps you'll gain. So, But you just yeah. got to set yourself little targets. But <laughs> when you're saying like it's a long race, I don't think some people realise just how long, like when you've got to hour 12 mm. and you're knackered and you're hungry especially if you've been there for the whole thing Cause which like last year I was there pretty much for the whole thing and you get to hour 12 and you think this is going alright and then you sit there and go oh my we've God. still got all of that to <laughs> do like all of that again well I mean <laughs> me and Al both know from watching Le Mans over the years that it's when it's when you get to the sort of early morning hours uh, when it's just that bit quieter a bit cold you're a bit cold uh, you're hungry tired and you know it's, it is literally just the world changes <laughs> you're not used to what you see necessarily and it's uh... yeah and for those listening to be honest as well that are fans of endurance racing that enjoy watching things like the Lamar 24 hour or the spa 24 hour doing a 24 hour sim race i think it's really interesting because it gives you a whole extra level of appreciation for what those kinds of races are like to actually mm. compete in what it actually takes to go through a 24-hour race because i mean both spa and daytona last year we did with like the amount of drivers that a real team would have so three for daytona four for spa and yeah obviously we don't have the g-force it's not as hot in our sim rigs well maybe jacks <laughs> um but yeah it's still it's tiring you get to the end of a 24-hour race you are exhausted you are mentally spent you are just you are gone. Yeah, I mean... It, it, I'd add on to that point as well, that you're being crew chief for the guy that's in there as well. You're telling him how his fuel is. You're setting up his pit stops. You're spotting for him. You're giving him information on what the other team's doing. Well, they've pitted this lap, so they're going to run till this lap. You're calculating all of that, as well as getting ready for your stint. Mm -hmm. You haven't got that back up. Some teams do have it, but generally, we did it between the three of us. If we was All of us did everything. And that's what it adds that little bit of extra tax onto it, I suppose. Because yeah. you, you can't just leave your guy out there on his own. I mean, someone's got to be with him I like, helped, to help out. I helped Al's team last year um, with the spotting stuff, and it was it's very interesting because you don't want to give them too much information because that could uh, take the concentration away from a certain apex they have to hit, especially hours into the race. Um, it's to be fair that one also that varies a lot by driver some drivers yeah. like a lot of updates on what's going on so like Monty last year at Daytona I think liked especially in the last stint of the race liked a lot more information mm -hmm. than what say I like during the race because yeah. I 
I mean, when we race CSR, for instance, I'm always the one with like the very minimum amount of data on. I, yeah. I like to just be left to drive. You like as little noise as possible <laughs> in, in general, just from the chats. Uh, and also, the less amount of data, you can actually focus on the track. Monty, he was he wanted to, to entertain people. <laughs> that's just that's just Monty full stop, really. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a talker when it when it comes to endurance i'll do my stint and i'm chatting to the guys and i'm just messing about really because for me that keeps me going yeah and like i like i'm quite used to doing it in solo events as well so i like having data on my screen so i like having a leaderboard up with the relative splits and who's doing what lap times it stops you blinkering it stops you getting blinkered to the uh to what's around you i think in a way, yeah, but sometimes it is nice when, when you've got someone that's doing that for you. You actually do think, oh, I can just drive. Yeah. I don't have to calculate my fuel. I don't have to, because someone's watching it. Someone's going, you've got five laps left. If you do a bit of fuel saving, you could get another one out of it. If you start fuel saving 10, 10 laps from the end of the stint or whatever, you'll get another lap out. Or mm-hmm. And it's um, what gets complicated is when you start getting towards, generally I found in pretty much every endurance race I've done, it doesn't fall evenly on stints. There's always going to be a, a 10, 15 minute sprint stint at the end that someone's got to do. And it's if you can save that pit stop, is that's going to save you a whole lot, a whole lot of time. Mm-hmm. How much time are you going to lose saving that fuel across the entire entirety of the race, sort of thing? But it's a, it's that sort of calculation, which when you do it on your own you're more likely to get it wrong. <laughs> yeah, because <definitely. laughs> yeah, you're having to calculate that while you're Driving. going around the corner. Mm-mm. I think it's something that it is said that iRacing does very well is the, the team events. Like, I don't know if, Al, you've done anything on ACC in team events at all. I've but, not really, because I can never get ACC set up quite right to my liking. It's um, it's much better now, the update, the big update it did a couple of weeks, about a month ago. Have we lost Jack? I think we have. Um, okay, yeah. I mean, let's. I think we're going to talk, close it up. Um, Al, best of luck for next week. I mean, I, I imagine you guys have got your Excel spreadsheets at the ready for the next for next week. Yeah, we do, and I will actually once this podcast is over be off for more testing with my team. Nice. Well, I'm sure we'll, be, we'll uh, post any links we have to relevant channels for any sort of live streaming, so do feel free to uh, send your support to Jack and Al and the teams, uh, Wrong Term Racing and Punch Pass. Um, until then, thank you to Jack for joining. And, well, he's, he's dead. Hopefully he's not He's not like actually died, because that'd be bad for the race. And thank no, you to he's it. the one that's got to register their car for Yeah, the oh God, yeah. We, we hope you're fine Jack <laughs> uh, thank you for joining and Al thank you for joining me as well thank you very much and uh, we shall see you all next time follow us at Stelvio Auto on social media in the meantime until then take care and goodbye <laughs>